Hi, this is Forrest Kelly, host and producer of the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast. Before we start the show, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about a new app called Wisdom. What you can do on Wisdom is listen and talk with amazing people. You can connect with experts and top mentors. Coming up on the new year, you need a little extra motivation? Wisdom is the place to get it. And if you'd like to share and inspire others, you can do it on Wisdom. I'll be doing a live question and answer session on Wisdom. We'll be covering wine, travel, and podcasting in general. Download the Wisdom app today and join me on Wednesday, December 22nd at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the new app, Wisdom. Thank you. Now let's start the show. Welcome, welcome to the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Kelly. From the seed to the glass, wine has a past. Our aim at the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast is to look for adventure at wineries around the globe. After all, great minds think alike. Let's start the adventure. Our featured winery is... We continue our conversation with Coco Umaker of Clearwater Canyon Cellars. In the last episode, you kind of uh, touched on the topic pretenomyces. It's always hard for me to say, let alone spell it. C-R-E-T-T-A-N-O-M-Y-C-E-S, I believe. I've never been good at um, <laughs> yeah. spelling orally. Because it, it is so difficult to say and remember, in the industry, a lot of times people refer to it as Brett, B-R-E-T-T, and a Brett wine. But in looking it up... It comes from the Greek term for British fungus. You can see when you tell people, you know, how the process works at a molecular level, you can kind of see their eyes glass over, right? Oh my gosh, I'm getting a chemical lesson here. But for you, that's where, yeah. the, that's where the joy is, right? Oh my God, yeah. I love, I was thinking yesterday actually how just obsessed Carl and I both are with the continual learning and crafting of wine from the grape to the bottle. This has been a crazy summer and we may only have like a week to, to carve off for a maybe not even a full week we might have like a weekend to carve off for somewhat of a vacation and we're actually talking about going to a different wine area and checking it out you would think when you make and grow wine every single day you would want to go do something else on your vacation but yeah we're obsessed and you know that science of it to me is where the magic is the most interesting manipulations, if you want to say, that you can do in a wine as a winemaker to make different flavors really pop, to accentuate certain characteristics. Seemingly simple. Timing of adding oxygen, timing on lees and how you manipulate that lees. So lees is like all the yeast and little bits of skins and grape seed that settle at the bottom of the barrel. You put that grape must when you're done fermenting through primary fermentation, you put that grape must in a press and you press it off and people either go to a tank or a barrel. I usually go to a barrel. You know, the press removes the majority of the skins and seeds, but not all of it. There's always little bits that get through the yeast and a lot of times you continue fermenting in the barrel for a while through malolactic fermentation and things like that. So when all of that is said and done, it settles to the bottom of the barrel in this delicious mud. It's kind of a red color usually because it takes on some of the wine color and yeast and bacteria and little bits of skins and seeds and how you handle that lees as a winemaker is a big deal. Okay, as we jump back for just a second in the time frame, was there a point because you're so young and you're starting out so uh, with this ambitious goal, was there a point when you said, wow, kind of an epiphany and said, we can make this work? 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, nobody's really asked me that question before. My family's been here since 1916, and I'm the fourth generation. 1916? 16? Yeah. Wow, okay. So we're an Idaho century farm. Sometimes people ask me why the farms lasted, and I, I believe it's because we've all been long-lived. My great-grandparents started it. Grandma Irene ended up having to run the farm on her own. Actually, my great-grandfather died, but my great-grandmother Irene lived to be 93, and she passed the baton to my grandfather, who lived to be 96, and then he was the one that Carl and I discussed this next generation with him about, like, like the next 100 years, Grandpa, like, what does it look like for us? And when we came to him, and my mom, too, so my mom is still living, and so Grandpa and my mom really um, kind of handed the baton to my, my husband and I, but when we asked them if we could plant that quarter acre, you know, I think most of Lewiston probably thought we were kind of crazy, I was 22, so I was like barely legal to even drink wine. You know, we didn't grow up farming, but my grandfather like clearly understood that for any generation to take the reins of a farm, they have to go their own path. He had to do that when he took it from his mom. So when my grandfather took over the responsibility for the farm, he did not run it the same way my great grandmother did. He developed different crops. He developed a whole Hereford cattle operation here to supplement the farming operation. And that was all his thing. And he had to do some real convincing. I remember him telling me about how he had to kind of sell that to my great grandmother. So when we came to him and we were really excited about farming, but wanted to do this different thing, he probably was the most supportive of anyone because he knew how that was. I mean, he knew that that was the reality. And so he was amazing. And we planted those first vines, that quarter acre, and the major epiphany, I think, when we knew we could make a go of it was when we harvested the first fruit from that quarter acre, when we harvested Merlot, had that in barrel, and then bottled that, and it was delicious. We were like, holy cow. We did this. I, oh my God, yeah, I mean, it was like, I mean, and, and Carl and I, we may have been young, but we knew good wine, and I think that's the key to being a great winemaker is it's like a skill it's like being a good ba basketball player you got to have game right and you got to know you got to have a great palate and you have to know the difference between good wine great wine and bad wine and i you know i we do have that i will say I, we know the difference and and even then when we were so young um and when we drank that wine the first time and you know really right after harvest sipping on that wine as it aged in barrel, I was like, holy cow, this is going to be huge. It was right about then that Carl and I decided to try to make a, an AVA out of this, which took a million years, but finally got done. Thank you for listening. I'm Forrest Kelly. This episode of the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast was produced by iHism. If you like the show, please tell your friends and pets and subscribe. Until next time. Pour the wine and ponder your next adventure. Hi, before you go, we have exciting news. The best five-minute wine podcast has teamed with a breakthrough technology and added a new feature on our website that's bound to elevate your podcast experience. Here is where we need your help. Trying to remember something from an episode? Don't worry. 
Search for it and we will find it for you. Have you ever thought you could just ask questions and chat about the episodes as if you were talking to me? Well, now you can. That's right. Our episodes are now interactive and they're waiting to have a conversation with you. Jump into a chat with our podcast and let's get the conversation started. Try it out and tell us what you think. Click on the banner at the top of the website, thebestwinepodcast.com to try it. 